Hello everybody and welcome back to That Rugby Podcast. You are joined by the two lads of Sports Booth, myself and Husey. Husey, good day. How are we going? Yeah, doing well mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm a bit, a bit rugby lifeless I guess at yeah. the moment. Like, Obviously we've come to a draw with most of the rugby season ending. Uh, obviously in the Europe they're still playing their seasons away, but for us uh, in the Southern Hemisphere it's a, I guess a chill time, Take a, a moment yeah. of reflection, a lot... So it's the first time without rugby in, in a while for us, it feels like. And, it does. Um, yeah, it's hard to know uh, what to feel at the moment uh, because there's no, well, at least in the Southern Hemisphere, there's no breaking news or anything like that, really. Um, but I guess that means that we do have to shift our attention to the Northern Hemisphere. And I mean, they've they've allowed us to shift our attention pretty well, haven't they? Yes, because yes they have. they've dropped a couple of, uh, I would say, massive news bombs. Yes, yes. Um Let's start with a Southern Hemisphere man mm-hmm. doing the dirty work in the Northern Hemisphere and being told he's no longer going to be doing that dirty work. Eddie fucking Jones. Yep. Yeah, Eddie Jones sacked. Which we thought, I think last week we were saying, like, the undertaking this review, like, it's going to put pressure on Eddie Jones when he's trying to coach for the World Cup. Turns out, no. Turns out, no pressure, no pressure on him at all because he's not going to be there. Um, I, did a, I did a few scans of the old... Uh, all reliable Facebook comments and social media comments about this. And there's no middle ground on this one. People have seemed to be pretty evenly split between uh, this means that England is down the toilet for the next World Cup, instability, uh, they've only hired his assistant, so what was the point of sacking him? Nothing's going to change. Uh, and then the half, uh, it's coming home. You know, Eddie Jones was the problem, not his system, and his assistant will do a better job. Etc. So there's no middle ground of like, oh, I'm worried about what this could mean, you know, uh, but hopefully the lights can pull together. No, it's either doom and gloom or we're winning the World Cup, which yeah. is classic England, really. Yeah, very, very English of them. And I, I said it pretty passionately on the uh, podcast last week that I just don't understand, or it might have been two weeks ago, I don't understand where you're coming from as England. There's no one, in my belief, better out there, like the better out there Scott Robinson or... Ronan Angara, I don't think, take the job. So they're yep. going to end up with, I think it's Stephen Borthwick, who's the, the, the contender to take the job, which, I mean, I just don't... I don't know. Eddie Jones plans for World Cups. Yes. He plans for World Cups. He plans for World Cups. He got you to a final at the last World Cup. Mm-hmm. He sits at a 73% win rate. To compare that to a couple other coaches out there, Steve Hansen's at 86, Graham Henry 85, both coaching All Blacks teams. Uh, I would say have probably a slightly easier schedule when they get to play the Wallabies rather than yeah. Six Nations teams. But still, Razzie uh, Erasmus sits at about, I think, 65%, uh, but only a short stint. Even the, the Sir Clive, Sir Clive Woodward, 71%. So he's got a better win rate than what many would call the best ever English coach. Yeah. And I just sit there and I go, he's brought, I think it's one Grand Slam, two Six Nations, a World Cup final. Going into a World Cup where we've said England have the easy side of the draw yeah. if they take care of business, do you not think Eddie Jones was preparing for that? Like, I, this is, it's, it's great. It's great for a New Zealander because two teams we despise, Wallabies and England. And I know Eddie Jones is a, Australian, so it, it it feels like it should feel good, but it just feels some, something doesn't right. feel right. Like he must have gone into that 
his job must I don't know he couldn't have said anything to keep his job in my mind yeah. when they called that review he was going to get fired because I imagine Eddie Jones would have put, put on the best this is literally where I'm leading us we're going to win a World Cup and they've gone we don't believe you yeah I, I think I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I know Eddie Jones and it's sort of why they reported he's very stubborn and it's, it's his way and that's it if he's, yeah. if he's coaching we're doing things his way so I reckon they would have gone to the review and said, you've done this, this, and this. We don't want you to do that next year in the World Cup. And he probably would have just been like, even if he agreed with the moves, he probably would have just on principle said, no, it, I, I will make the decisions. I'm the coach. You can either deal with that or you can fire me. And so they were like, okay, well, you're fired then. I reckon that's that to me sounds more like it, where they they wanted to – and and – yeah, they wanted to change his style of coaching, and and I don't necessarily agree with that because he, I, I sort of agree with his logic. Like he is the coach for a reason, and he should, and he's got his assistants around him who were giving him advice. But at the end of the day, the decision should be his, and he shouldn't be bound by uh, the like an agreement with the board or whatever. Because you know that it will be constantly playing on your mind as a coach when you're trying to make. Positional, positional decisions for games and things like that. Like, oh well, I said the board to the board that I wouldn't do this, but then if um, I do do it, uh, but I feel like I really need to do it, and if I do do it and it goes wrong, I'll get fired. If I do do it and it gets pulled off, I'll you know they'll probably praise me, but I still get yelled at, kind of thing. Like you don't want to be going into that with any sort of strings attached to it. You want to have a free hand. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and, and we, we even saw we've we even seen it play out in Australia with Checker. Yeah, and and the provisions put in on him by Rugby Australia where they had to have a hand in selections and things like that and things went downhill from there. So I guess my, yeah. my biggest issue with this and the way England rugby's handled it, the way it's going down is if you do not win a World Cup at the next World Cup, it's a failure. Yeah. Because Eddie Jones got you to a final. So exactly. even if you get to the final, you don't win that Rugby World Cup, it's a failure for England rugby. That's all you've pretty much said because Eddie Jones got you to the final Eddie Jones is showing he can get you to a final. So I would have put it in a borderline that Eddie Jones will get them back to the final. That's what I think a lot of people were thinking. Eddie yeah. Jones is going to get this English team back to the final when it gets to push come shove. Can they win it? Maybe. Now, you fall at the semi, you say you don't even make it out of your pool. Say that happens. What a what a disaster. What an absolute disaster for England rugby. And... Or shot themselves in the foot. They, they, like I just don't see it because you ca- you have to, it's rugby world cup or nothing now. You, you looked at, we looked at the the rugby world cup bracket a couple of times, and their side they were likely going to play Wales in the quarterfinal, Wallabies in the semifinal. Right for England, that's two teams they've beaten this year, right? And who would be their obstacle to get um, to the final? Yeah, right. So you know that Eddie Jones can coach and beat those teams. Right, uh, you look at the other side uh, of the bracket, um, and it's going to be one of Ireland, South Africa, France, or New Zealand uh, in the finals. Right, you know, and those are all those all four of those are quality teams. But he he can beat them, and he's shown that he can beat them in his coaching record. And not only can he beat them, those four have to get past each other to get to that exactly. final. So they're coming... Like last time we said, England's semi-final win over the All Blacks at the 2019 World Cup was their final. Like to yep. beat the All Blacks, to knock them out of the World Cup, 
someone's going to have to do that beforehand and then beat England, or the All Blacks are going to have to knock over those top teams and then beat England. Like it's, if we're t- I just, I just, I look at it at every direction and I go, was this season that bad that this was needed? I just don't see it. I, I, I yeah, I didn't see it. If I'm Rugby Australia at the moment and I go to Dave Rennie, I go, how about we try and get Eddie Jones in your corner? Yeah. Why the bloody hell not? Like, why wouldn't you now go, look, even if it's just uh, overseas things, get your still, yeah. still our head coach, we'll just bring him in as an advisor for yeah. the World Cup. Yeah, if anyone knows how to win a Rugby World Cup or get to a World Rugby World Cup final, because the same question can now be asked, imagine that. Imagine Australia's lead to this Rugby World Cup final is, like we said, semi-final against England, most likely. So now you've got Eddie Jones, Eddie Jones in your corner. Who was coaching in England. Was coaching in England, knows everyone's weaknesses, knows everything. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're one one away from a final, and if any anyone knows how to get you over the arm of the final, Eddie Jones. So, yeah. I, if I'm Eddie Jones, I'm not that annoyed. Like, if anything, if, unless England won the Rugby World Cup, and even then, there'll be questions. Well, Eddie Jones could have taken them there. Like, yeah, you know, I just I think this has helped Eddie Jones. Well, he's he's legacy. Yeah, he's and he's even got he's got options. Like he said, he he wouldn't mind trying to coach rugby league. Wouldn't mind coaching USA rugby. You know, I'm sure he'd love a return back home to Australia and things like that as well. So, really, it's opened up a world of possibilities for him. And I'm sure he feels probably um, a little bit of relief as well to be away from the constant media hammering and attention. And yeah, I, I agree. I would think it would be great to see him in some sort of advisory role, but you'd have to make the bounds boundaries very clear, and that Dave Rennie is the head coach kind yeah. of thing. Um, and, and make that very clear from when you did bring Eddie Jones in, if they do do that. Um, he, is a, he is a, like, yeah. you know, like, at the moment, Razi Erasmus is probably, like, the more hated guy in rugby. Like, seen yeah. as the villain. You could see him as a villain because yeah. he cries wolf, you know? Eddie Jones is, like, that neutral evil where you're, like, you shouldn't like him. Mm. But he's entertainment. Yeah. Like, I could see him, you know... Leading the WWE, like that's how, like you just he just knows how to for the sport. He's really good for the sport for that yeah. entertainment purpose. Like he knows how to play with the media. He knows how to get things ticking. He knows what to say. He knows when to say it. He knows how to say it. And will it get under your skin? Yeah, more likely. Will you probably not like him? Yeah, but he does a bloody good job of it. Yeah, so hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it is. It's interesting time for both England now that the the split up what the breakups happened yeah. who's going to rebound and where they're going to rebound who's going to rebound quicker who's going to hit the gym and get the six pack and who's going to end up crying over a tub of ice cream yeah i heavily see england crying over a tub of ice cream but that wasn't the only coach let go no it wasn't uh the welsh head coach wayne pivak is that the i don't know Pivik? how to say it, yeah well yeah he he was he was dropped as well which, and and that which one isn't a surprise. Yeah, that one's less a surprise. That Eddie Jones, everyone's a bit like, oh my god, they sacked Eddie Jones. Wayne, a bit like, okay, yeah. But it's also the, that Warren Gatlin's coming back in, who yeah. saw the most successful part of got them to a semi final in 2011 Rugby World Cup, got the Welsh team to the semi final, I believe, in that. So Warren Gatlin was their saviour. He then left to come back to New Zealand, going back there. So you can understand why they're trying to do this. It wasn't a good season for Wales. You know, I rated them as, as an F in our last podcast, and it wasn't a good season for them. But compared to the English, we, we haven't still haven't heard they're, they're ongoing the search. So they didn't even have an idea of who they're going to be hiring next. Wales came into this and said, look, we know what we want. We've got what we want. It's time to move on. If Warren Gatlin wasn't available or there wasn't a coach better, I guarantee they wouldn't have let, done that. But yeah. they got what they wanted. So, I mean... 
I think, yeah, as you said, deserved. Um, but it'll be interesting for Wales. Like, Gatland, as great as a coach he is, as he is, and uh, as much as he's showing for, especially coaching the British Irish Lions and everything, yeah. it is coming... It is Wales aren't in a good spot at the moment, no. so how he's going to get them and turn them around will be really interesting to see. Yeah, they're going to need to really plumb the depths of their talent. It's yeah, it, it'll be tough, and they're on a tough side of the the bracket of the World Cup, as we said. But uh, well, I guess tough for them really yeah. because uh, either would, side would be tough for them. Yeah, either side would be tough for them. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, sorry, their pool is tough because they're with Australia in their pool and. One other team that might make it difficult for them, a Japan or someone. Like that. I can't no, 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 Japan. Anyway, it's going to be. It'll be. Fiji it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Fiji. Fiji, Fiji. So it's not a gimme for them to get through. No, and if they don't get through, that'll be a a, a massive disaster for Welsh rugby. So yeah. yes, uh, that wasn't. You know, well, there was actually some news from the southern hemisphere, and I would consider this good news. Yes, I consider this good news as well. I'm just going to say one last thing about Warren Gatland before yes. we move on. Uh, he's actually said that he's he's backing Scott Robertson to take over the the All Blacks. Yeah, I don't know if that's if he's if he's meant before the World Cup, but I, I think he's put he's putting him he's put his uh, seal of approval on Scott Robertson to take the head head job at um, the All Blacks. Yes, and I feel sooner rather than later. So maybe if there's a disappointing result for New Zealand in the World Cup. Oh yeah, no, I think what he's saying is. New Zealand Rugby sign him to a contract now, either internally, like, yeah, after, yeah. The, after the Rugby World Cup, even if it's a good result and we win it, I don't think, I think they're saying, look, what's the future like? Let's be honest, if we win it, do we think Ian Foster should stay on? As an All Blacks fan, no. I probably wouldn't want Ian Foster still on after yeah. the World Cup. Like, I think the better things to go start anew. Even if he hits and wins the World Cup, so off to the sunset, you know, you proved all your doubts was wrong. Yeah. <coughs> And then start fresh with Scott Robinson. So I think that's what Gatlin's expressing is get him on board before in England. Yeah. Because if England, that would be the only thing that changes my mind on this whole situation, that they win the breakup, is if they rebound with a Robinson. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Super Rugby. Yes, Super Rugby has been formally extended <coughs> until uh, 2025 and then... Um, uh, the pieces are in place for it to be extended out to 2030. So it's a, it's official. It's confirmed until 2025. Yep. With the revenue sharing and all that, and then um, the the options are there to extend it to 2030. So pretty much on the table until 2030. And a 12 team format has been put across, which mm. I like is the fact that they've done that. Um, I will be hopefully releasing video at the end of this week or maybe next week to say what I would be doing with Super Rugby if I was in charge. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good start. Yeah, They needed a bit more stability around this competition. They've got it. Um, I actually like the idea of the more and more I think about it is a two-division system. I think we could get 24 teams yeah. uh, between us, have a promotion relegation system in place um, and have some... I guess are an exciting footy. Um, now, I think that would work, but I think there's a lot of things that need to be discussed for this yep. to happen. But I like that we're going, yep, we've got these 12 teams, let's lock it in. I definitely think there's a opportunity now to talk to Japan Rugby, try and get our competitions going at similar times yep. so we can get a midweek, uh, you know, Asian Super League going type thing like that. But all of these ideas, you know, I'm sure are getting discussed at the moment. Having the 
format down now to go, yes, we have this 12-team. I still want six teams in the finals. I don't want eight teams in the finals. I think that needs to be revamped. Yep. Um, I would do, like, first two teams get by, three plays six, four plays five, then winners play. Yep. What, so yeah, on so forth. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but it's good. It's really good. Uh, and we'll be doing a lot more Super Rugby Chat. will be coming soon. Your Waratahs uh, looking pretty good, mate, to yep. be fair. Um, Darren Coleman having to come out today and actually, uh, I guess, put some water on some flames of people saying that this uh, is a very, very good Waratah side and they should be doing exceptional things. And he actually came out with what I thought was a fantastic quote. And this is why he's starting to make me like him a little bit too much. Like, yeah. he goes, a year ago, you guys were telling me I had the worst squad in in Super Rugby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, manage expectations. Well, they've just unveiled as well today their new facilities and everything Looking like good. that. Looking yep. schmick. Exactly Looking, what you need. Yeah, exactly what we needed to get those players back from rehab and everything else like that. Like you think about the amount of talent that's been injured throughout the years, the, the year for the Waratahs, and by extension, then the Wallabies. You know, Angus Bell and Lockie Swinton, the first two that come to mind. Yep. Right? You think about that talent that's been. Uh, lost. Uh, you know, Michael Hooper was unavailable for most of the, the Waratah yeah. season as well. He's come back. Um, Kurtley, he's 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 rejoined as well. Nandolo, that's going to be scary. Yep. So yeah, it's it. I'm looking forward to a good year from the Waratahs. Where uh, you know, last year it was sort of um, every win was a blessing because the year before we didn't win any games. Next year the wins should start to become more expected, and the, you know the benchmark. Australian rugby at the moment is the is the Brumbies, yeah. right? And I've seen actually um, a couple of interesting articles that um, you know I sort of didn't really think about um, before myself, where they were saying because the Brumbies have had so much success in Super Rugby Pacific over the last two years that perhaps the Wallabies have started to become too much like um, the Brumbies and not enough influences from uh, the other teams. And you know some of the Wallabies' best players this year were actually from. Uh, the Waratahs, you know, new people stepping up from the Waratahs, you know, Parecki and uh, Marky Mark spring to mind uh, straight away there. Uh, and so I think it'll be good for the Wallabies as well to have the Australian competition uh, less of a one-team, uh, a one-man band kind of situation. So, um, you know, for whatever... The, the, the Queensland Reds last year were very disappointing and I haven't really seen anything to make me think any differently of them, that they will that they will improve this next year. No, I, I tend to agree. They are disappointing. I, and this is going to be the North Queensland Cowboys of the Super Rugby comp, where I go Brad Fawn obviously gets a lot of respect out of his players, and he tends to be able to turn players, I don't want to say aren't special, but aren't high radar name players into really good players. Yeah. Um, but they have lost a lot of key pieces. I know Hamish Stewart was off, um, but they've got a young, a, a really talented group of youngsters coming through. So I don't think they'll be too troubled. Uh, I think uh, they've obviously... I think they've got the best Super Rugby Australian halfback in Tate McDermott because yeah. I think that the style of Super Rugby is obviously very different to international rugby and he suits yeah. Super Rugby style really well. So, I don't know. Yeah, again, we'll do we'll dive a lot more deeper into these teams and the squads later on. But, yeah, the, the, the Waratahs, like you said, it's not even just should we win. It was that Crusaders game where you go, okay, the Waratahs, they're back, baby. Yeah. Like, they, they, are, they are a team to be... Rugby Australia of. needs the Waratahs to do well. Yes. Because New South Wales is the biggest revenue base by far for rugby in Australia. And when you're getting people more 
back on board and supporting the team again, um, that's when you can. That's when you things will really start amping up again. And, you know, the Waratahs used to be uh, uh, one of the most respected teams in New South Wales. Now most people couldn't give two shits about the Waratahs, right? Uh, but when they start, once they start winning again, which they have done this this previous year, as we said, the Crusaders game was a big one. Um, you know, once they start uh, getting that bit of the following back again. Uh, getting more members, getting more people into the stadiums and things like that. I think that will benefit Rugby Australia as a whole. I must say, I do hope Ndolo spends a fair bit of time with the Waratahs if I do end up playing in the Shoot Shield yeah. uh, because I've seen you sign for uh, two Blues and I do not want to be coming up against <laughs> him. Imagine a charging him running at a little old white boy like me. No. Um, he'll break me. So, yeah, hopefully he spends a, a fair bit of time with the Waratahs. Yes. <laughs> Um, the Sevens also getting a good, a, re, a much needed revamp, um, and I really like this. Um, and I think this could open up a, a couple of opportunities, which I um, enjoy. They've taken it down from sixteen to twelve teams. Uh, they've narrowed down less tournaments, so like New Zealand's lost its tournament, which I don't think is a bad thing. What I kind of compare this to is our Sevens is like the Formula One of rugby. So Sevens is the Formula One. Formula One takes the cars to different tracks. I think this is a thing that Sevens should be doing. Yeah. Where you have your, let's say, five, six, seven guaranteed ones, and every so often, every year, you yeah. choose a couple. So once every four years, you come back to New Zealand, they'll do something in New Zealand and get that hype going. Two-day tournaments, 12 teams. I think it's going to be f- four pools of three, um, and then it all just works itself out. Uh not so much rugby, um, but a lot more good rugby. It's a shorter period of time, party atmosphere back, the shiny, speedy rugby, kick it into gear, which yeah. I think is a very good idea. I think Sevens has the potential to do a very IPL version of cricket, uh, what I would love to see. And with that is, I don't know where you'd run it again, use IPL, let's say India. Uh, got a fascination out of rugby. It obviously doesn't. Japan may be a good one. So let's say we had a Japan Sevens, Japan Sevens circuit, and you had a handful of professional teams you made, high money, high value, this big event, you know, ran over three or so weeks, and it's just this big festival. Now, I think think tens would make the game really work well with that. I think that's where our opportunity is because... Sevens, it takes a very specific person to make sevens and stuff, and you don't want to take away too much for the seven circuit. But I'm all for an opportunity for the IPL is really good for cricket for players to make money, mm. and I'm all for if we can allow our players to go away for three weeks, have a good time in Japan. I'm just going to call it Japan. Play some tens rugby, make some good coin. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like I think that could be our IPL where our seven circuits doing what the Formula One doing, and we're we're just doing it all as a as a rugby code, I guess. Yeah, um, it's you know speaking of uh, making money and paying things. Like that, the other really important part of the sevens uh, change is that uh, men and women will be paid the same. Yes, which I mean, I watch the same amount of men's and women's sevens, so it makes sense to me. Uh, the women's sevens is very exciting as well. 
and and they're playing the tournaments together now. Yeah. So a lot of the times you'd have them kind of go off on their own circuits, which yeah. I didn't like either. I, again, I think it's all men and women bang on the same same ticket revenue. Then everyone's yeah. get interested. I, it, you could put men's final on or women's final on it. The last game, and I wouldn't mind. Like that's yeah. you're going to stick around. So as long as the New Zealand woman find a way to beat the Australian woman, I wouldn't mind that. So yeah, we've got that one thing. <laughs> sevens, yeah. <laughs> woman sevens, yeah. Our <laughs> men's sevens is doing pretty well as well. Well, I mean, you won last year with an asterisk because we didn't take part, and then you've backed it up with a fifth place first round. So I mean, like fifth place, like. <laughs> uh, can't have one thing You can Woman sevens Golden girls Yeah uh, I did uh, uh, I've got two things To say So we've got I asked some questions And I got Other than your ridiculous question What do you mean? What are you talking about? The question where Oh why is that Husey guy So much better looking than Luke That's a great question Not anonymous even a question yeah. a great question Anonymous viewer The key is A proper skincare routine <laughs> yeah. What you're saying I don't have a proper skincare routine uh, I don't know uh, so the other other couple of questions that I actually and we're going to highlight on the podcast today. Yep. Um, first one, favorite rugby player to watch this season. To watch this season, okay. Uh, it's a good one uh, for me. I'm obviously going to pick someone on the Waratahs. Probably Charlie Gamble. Um, oh yeah, the mustache just does things to me. Um, but also, what does it do it, to you? <laughs> also, he's a great player. Um, so him or either of the Waratahs wingers, Nwanga Nitawase. I was, was going to say, I'm surprised it wasn't Marky Mark straight he's, up. He's that. he's he's up there. I feel like that's the easy answer to give, though. It is. Uh, yeah. So like, the Charlie sort of Gamble was a good one. That I'm was trying a good to one. trying to yeah, think yeah. of like something other than the obvious answer, but yeah, he's definitely up there because look, he's got more motivation than anyone to do well this year. Because if he does well enough, he will be. Rubber stamped into that Wallabies jersey, so yeah. I for the, it's those two, and then from outside of the Waratahs, I feel like Tate McDermott needs to have a big year to solidify himself as the number two or even possibly number one Wallabies halfback. So I feel like he's going to step it up this year. Let's see, uh, I like all of those. Those were good. Uh, I have a couple. Um, Will Jordan for the Crusaders was yeah. fantastic to watch because he was an excitement machine, like just incredible, incredible rugby player. Uh, I actually really like watching Angus Balgro for the yes. Waratahs. I he thought was, that was he was he was my next one. Yeah. Definitely, like I'm again not a, not a Wallaby supporter, not a Waratah supporter, but what Angus Bell's doing at his age, yeah, um, with all the hype around again, telling other two, I don't want to take away from him because. He on his day ten is is fantastic, but what Angus Bell's doing at his age for a front rower, we you know we could be talking the next fifteen years about Angus yeah. Bell. Like. And and I want to highlight as well because it doesn't get talked about too much uh, by us or by anyone really. But not only how he's growing as a rugby player, but what he's doing off the field. He's got a number uh, of foundations, one of which I see him running. I think it's helping hand or something like that, where um, he's he spends a lot of times with kids with special needs and. Uh, helping them to play sport and to fit in and be active and things like that. So not only is he, and, and look, you know, he's what twenty one, twenty two, twenty one. Yeah, so super young, and a lot of athletes at that age are not thinking about charity or doing anything like that. And he, that's what he's doing with his time. So I think that's absolutely incredible to highlight what a credit he is to rugby, the Waratahs, Wallabies, 
on and off the field. So definitely, uh, yeah, I- exciting to watch for more than just his on the field. Hundred percent that play and his on the field play is pretty good at this year. Yeah, but obviously my favourite rugby player to watch this season, Artie Savia. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt, uh, best player in the world. Uh, when he put on that uh, golden black jersey for the Hurricanes, I don't care what World Rugby say because World Rugby are filled with old, angry, bitter men that they they can't understand. All this Polynesian player is dominating. All right, that happened. Just select them. All right. Okay. Settle down, Luke. Uh, so, obviously, that was my favourite player to watch. Yeah. Second qu- question that I uh, highlighted and quite liked, and uh, it's going to be an interesting answer for you. I'm going to give you my answer. And I think it's back off the back of, I think it was Sterling Mortlock who said okay. this. Do you think the Wallabies can actually win the 2023 Rugby World Cup? Now, Sterling Mortlock said, no, we can't, after I think it was the Italian loss. I'm going to go ahead and say no. I don't think you can. Now, saying that, I think the draw is obviously in your favour. And if you can get past and into the final, yes, I can see it. And we've just discussed how those tough teams have to play each other. But I don't see a way where you guys win it. But saying that, saying I don't see it, but if it happens, it wouldn't be like the most surprising yeah. event as well. I don't want to sit here and say, I go, look, you got those four teams, South Africa, France, Fiji, South, uh, New Zealand, all in the tough side. I think one of them probably wins it. But they all have to take each other out. Then you've got England and Australia. So I go, out of, out of six, you know, these four have a bit harder. So you're one and like, it'd be a 33% yeah. surprise kind of rate. I'd be like, I'm not a fully like. Oh my god, 100% surprise, but there is some surprise there. I I'm obviously going to say that the Wallabies can win the World Cup, and you've made a lot of good points there for me, including the draw for Australia. So I think the draw makes it more realistic, and this is why I think they can. Right, so um, they should finish top of their group. If they finish top of their group, they should have a relatively easy. Um, quarterfinal, yeah, um, and then they'll have a semi-final against England, yeah, who they can beat, yeah, they can beat. Then the final is going to be either, realistically, Ireland, France, South Africa, or New Zealand. Yeah, I think any of the three teams other than New Zealand, you can beat the, the the Wallabies can can beat, and they've they've shown with these narrow results, they're right up there with them, despite being. Less than fifty percent yep. strength, right? I think New Zealand. There's like a psychological block there that until the Wallabies get over that in the Bledisloe or other levels, it's might not. It's probably not going to happen at the World Cup. Yeah, right. So, but my proviso to that is New Zealand's got to go through those other teams as well. Mm-hmm. And who have we seen them lose to recently? Ireland, South Africa, right? Uh, and France has been undefeated this year. Yeah. Now, uh, and the World Cup is in France as well. So that plays in the France. Yeah. So it's a gauntlet for New Zealand to run through to get to the final, right? And I think, as you mentioned previously in the, this episode, with all those teams having to run through each other, it's likely to be injuries, likely to be tough games, might expend all your energy before you get to the final. So I think that sets up Australia in a really good position to be able to, to do it. Now, that's not where I would be putting my money. Yeah. But when you saying, can Australia do it? So that to me says, is it possible for Australia to do it? Or even, is it slightly more than impossible? And I would say yes. I would I would say, you know, for me to say that a team that can't win the World Cup, I would say there's the Wales line. 
right? Yeah. Where Wales have got the talent to be able to make a run at the World Cup, but I don't think that they can can win it, right? I think we fucked this up. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. We've been chatting absolute shit and not knowing what we're talking about. Yep. Winner of Pool C plays a runner up of Pool D, which England, Japan, Argentina. So that's yeah. Australia. So you'll play that. Then <laughs> semi final is winner of quarter final one versus winner of quarter final two, which is South Africa, Ireland. So wait, is it quarter final two, the Pool C and Pool D one? There, it's your the semi finals switch back over. Oh. That's weird. No, it's not. Because I was thinking in my head, that is weird. Like, New Zealand and France could meet in the pools and in the semis, but they can't. Okay. So it's just a weird way of doing it. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to have to re reanalyze all of our all of our predictions then. Okay, wait, let me... So you say you win your pool. You win a pool C, so you're in quarterfinal one. Then in semifinal oh, yeah. one, you yeah. play the winner of quarterfinal two, which is the winner of pool B, South Africa or Ireland play the runner-up of New Zealand or France. So in your semi-final, you're going to have to play one of those four teams. I, again, I, th- I, I still think that uh, as long as it's not New Zealand, we can win that. Honestly, so that I think makes I th- a lot more sense. We've been so high this whole time. Yeah. Um, never take advice from us about the things we're trying to talk about, which is specifically rugby. Yeah. Uh, guys, because fuck, we're stupid. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, for me... That, that was all of us talking about Eddie Jones having an easy side to the draw. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Yeah, again, my, I mean, it doesn't really change my answer too much anyway because as long as the... Yeah, I think Australia's boogeyman is the All Blacks and as long as we don't have to face the All Blacks, then I think Australia is all right. South Africa showed you can win a World Cup without having to beat the All Blacks. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it is still can. And as, as I was saying... The line for me is Wales rugby, right? Like Wales, it's like it's like the well when you're in the Wales and Scotland tier. Yep. Right. You can cause damage at a World Cup, but I don't think you can win it. Fair enough. Right, and then I think above that you've got the six teams that we talked about: uh, France, Ireland, South Africa, uh, England, New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. I think any of those six teams can win, and then anyone below that. Take something special. Would take something special. Yeah, yeah. list city. It would, be, it would be. It would. Like, it would be miraculous. The next closest I would say would be Argentina. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I agree with that. I just think it's even more impossible than I thought it was before. So now my surprise rate has gone up yeah. to beyond fifty percent. Oh, how has that happened? Uh, we'll just finish this on the podcast and yeah. pitch to the black screen. Uh, the cameras just died, team, for everyone listening on the podcast. <laughs> um, stay tuned on our Instagram. Or I just pointed to the camera. But the I saw that. I was. I saw that, and I laughed inside. But I wasn't going to say anything. Cameras off for all those people who are listening on the podcast. But I did point at it. Um, but actually, you'll be still watching the video on YouTube. So I did point at you. Yeah, you just can't see it. You just can't see the points. But make sure you check out our Instagram, where the top hundred players. It's now become an aggressive point. Which it, I mean, really, to check out our Instagram is the point that you're trying to make uh, while you're pointing nice. at the camera that's not on. So the so the real point here, folks, is to check out our Instagram. What where can they find our Instagram, Luke? On Instagram. Oh, yeah, but what's the tag? Luke, <laughs> what I'm trying to say at the sports booth. There you go. That's what I was looking <laughs> for. There. You know, you got to plug the specific things at the sports booth. Everywhere, find us everywhere at the sports booth. We are the sports booth. Yeah. Easy. That makes it easy for you. 
It is. I think this, we, we discussed this last time. I think it's our one-year anniversary. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think today, is actually. We did our first podcast. We were more broader on sport last time. Um, yeah. And I... Uh, We'll be thinking up some ideas over the Christmas break and discussing with Husey uh, to bring some more sport content to you guys rather than just rugby. But for now, it is the rugby podcast. Yep. Um, but yeah. We could talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons if you want. No, we'll move on from that. Just a, a rugby podcast. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> it was uh, one hell of an episode. Uh, we won't mention American football ever again on this podcast. See you guys. Peace. <laughs>